Welcome to Nassau Community College Forum. This program explores our rich educational environment, including our dedicated faculty, administration, student clubs, and more than 70 fields of study, along with the students who make this college the largest single-campus community college in the state and is the first choice for one of every four college-bound high school graduates in Nassau County. Welcome to another edition of Nassau Community College Forum. I'm your host, Zach Turkel. Along with me today is Professor Trent Webb. He is the head of the Speech, Acting, and Debate team. Now, here's a little bio about Trent. Professor Trent Webb is originally from Norfolk, Virginia, but lives all over the world thanks to his father's military career. He went to college at Texas State University, where he received both a Bachelor and Master of Arts degree in Communication Studies, with an emphasis in augmentation, rhetoric, and performance. He was also heavily involved in the theater arts department as well. Before coming to Nassau Community College, Professor Webb coached the speech and debate team at Texas Tech University, where they constantly placed in the top 20 each year. Professor Webb resurrected the Nassau Community College speech and debate team, where he came here in the fall of 2001. And since then, the team has produced well over 30 state, regional, and national championships in various events. Professor Webb's passion in his students and loves his work. He loves to help students find their voice. Trent, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. All righty. Now let's get into some questions here. Um, How long has the speech and debate team been around for? Well, um, actually, ever since uh, Nassau Community College opened its doors, I believe back in the 60s, they had a debate team. Um, it was fostered by then uh, Professor Edward Trudeau, uh, and he was the coach of the debate team for, I think, the better part of a decade, decade and a half uh, before he retired. Uh, and then uh, the team was dormant for quite a while. Uh, and then I was hired in the fall of 2001 uh, specifically to resurrect the team. Uh, and uh, so ever since then, uh, we've been doing our thing. Wow. Uh, how long? So you've been part of the speech and debate team since the fall of 2001. So almost 16 years. Yes. Yes. That's that's pretty amazing. Um, how many students are in the uh, speech and debate team? Well, we always start off with a pretty big number. Uh, we always start off with somewhere between 25 and 30 students each year. Uh, and through a series of practice sessions and review sessions, we usually narrow that down to a roster of about 10 to 12 students. Uh, we keep an active roster of about 15 students, but generally I usually only travel uh, about anywhere from five to 10 students per tournament. Uh, and that's just because students have work schedules that uh, they have to accommodate. And um, sometimes that's about as many students that are actually working um, hard enough to go to tournaments. So, uh, yeah, I usually try to keep it down because, um, after all, it's just me. Uh, I'm the only coach. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I try to keep it down to just about five to ten students per tournament. So let's talk about how you eliminate some of the students. Mm-hmm. So you start off with 30 to 20, from 25 to 30 students. Mm-hmm. How do you make it drop down to about 10 to 15 students. How does that work? Well, actually, the students end up doing it themselves because uh, a lot of students, they hear about the team and they hear about all the success that we've had and they um, want to join the team. And then they come to the first meeting 
I usually lose, um, unfortunately, I usually lose a good number of students once they hear just how much work it is. <laughs> uh, and so uh, once people realize just how much work is involved, um, they um, are, they, you know, they have, you know, students have schoolwork and they have family obligations and social obligations. And so they just can't commit. Um, and the one thing I respect is when a student tells me, you know, Professor Webb, listen, I would love to, but unless I can commit 100%, I don't want to, you know, um, I don't want to be part of the team and I have to respect that. Um, so I usually lose a, a good number because of that. Um, and then over the next month, I would say to a month and a half, I literally just see who's just working the hardest, who's coming to practice sessions, who's improving each week. Um, and then uh, the students um, at that point, they start sort of dropping off once they sort of realize that they may or may not have an aptitude for this sort of thing. Um, and then I, I, you know, and then quite frankly, with all the clubs and organizations we have here at Nassau, I oftentimes lose students to those organizations as well. So it's kind of like a self governing process. I really don't have to do a lot of work in eliminating any students. <laughs> they usually just go by themselves to something else. So it's kind of like, you know, because all the clubs, by the way you're saying it, it's kind of like a competition, which club is going to get the most students, kind of. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get the most students. And, you know, a lot of these students are trying to juggle with, you know, schoolwork. And, you know, a lot of these students will be taking a full load, 17 credits, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So... It's probably, you know, they probably just don't want to do it, but they probably, but are, what kind of percentage of students are actually committed to doing this? Like how many kids like actually want to do debating and actually are committed to this? I would say that, uh, I would say if I'm doing an average of all 16 years that I've been here, I have had a, as small as about four students all the way up to about 12. So it fluctuates, you know, year by year. It just mm -hmm. depends. Um, I'm finding that more and more students um, are uh, committing. Um, I think, and I'm not sure why that's happening, uh, but I, I, I think as more and more students are taking out more and more financial aid and, you know, they have, you know, ways to pay for school, that um, means that they don't have to work as much. Um, and then they can, um, and I think because we're a community college and, you know, all of our students transfer, well, not all of them, but a right. good portion of them, you know, they want to have something on their application that says that they did something here at Nassau um, while they were here. And, you know, speech and debate team does look really good on a transfer application. So I get a it lot does, of students yeah. for that as well. Uh, so it's increasing and I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I've always had like this dream because I always love watching debates. Mm -hmm. I love watching. I've always wanted to like direct a debate. You know how whenever I, I love watching presidential debates mm -hmm. and I feel like I can I could sit at the at the table and basically direct everyone to debate. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of fun. Who actually does that in the team? <laughs> do you do that? Well, I, um, you know, I, I structure the practice. Um, and then based on the type of debate that the student elects to do, because there's different types of debate, obviously, um, presidential debate is one thing, um, and uh, it's not quite the same thing on the team. Um, we debate a, a variety of topics, I guess, like presidential debates do. 
Um, it's a little bit more structured. I think you would probably be less frustrated with the way we do it than uh, people were with, with the presidential debates that we had mm-hmm. this past election season. We actually stay on topic and we uh, don't insult each other or anything like that. That's good. Everyone's <laughs> it's all teamwork. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, but yeah, the, the, the students, you know, when you go to a tournament, um, you are assigned a classroom and you are assigned a judge who comes from a third party, meaning that judge is not a judge from either school that's represented, you know, either you or your opponent. Um, and then that judge adjudicates the round and um, sets the time parameters for that particular round. Um, basically, a debate round lasts about 56 minutes, just under okay. an hour. Uh, and then at the end of the debate, the judge renders a decision about, you know, which student won and which student lost. Um, and usually that decision is kept secret until the very end. Um, usually students don't know their results until the end of the day. Uh, so that's usually how it's done to keep it, you know, to sort of keep the peace. Who usually chooses is it is it the person that's uh, basically directing the debate usually yes the judge the, the judge, judge yes okay mm-hmm. and is it usually one judge uh in your preliminary rounds you only get one judge um once you advance and get to what we call elimination rounds this would be like a quarterfinal a semifinal or a final round then they give you a panel of judges and they usually give you an odd number um they usually like to stick with either three or five impartial judges to determine who's the winner and who's the loser. All right. Um, now, what... <laughs> I'm getting flustered here, and I don't know why. <laughs> um, do you have to be a communications major to be in the debate team? Absolutely not. Um, we are. I am very proud to say that uh, of all the students that I have been blessed to have over the 16 years that I've been here, they have come from all areas of campus um, and all different types of academic programs. And I think the reason we have that is because, remember, we're not just the debate team. We're the speech, acting, and debate team. So we have – debate is just one thing we do. We have speaking events. We have acting events. So we get kids from English, theater, philosophy, political science – um, biology, you know, um, and, you know, even if you take a look at some of the things that my students have done once they've gone on from Nassau, I have a wide array, a wide array of students who are in a variety of fields who've graduated from the team. I mean, I have party planners, I have an acupuncturist, <laughs> wow. uh, I have uh, a couple of people who work for uh, Mayor de Blasio, um, I have a couple of um, occupational therapists to physical therapists. Uh, and an NYPD officer. So we, we run the gamut. You hear, the, you hear that, listeners? You can do any sort of occupation, and you can still be on the debate team. So you can look forward to that. Are there any qualifications to be on the speech and debate team? Just the basics. Uh, uh, they have to obviously be enrolled at Nassau, and they have to be enrolled in a minimum of six credits. Uh, we like students who are in what we call academic good standing, which means that you have at least a 2.0 GPA. Uh, and uh, the only other thing after that is that uh, when we travel to tournaments, uh, these tournaments are always on weekends. Uh, and we usually go to about two tournaments a month. So you have to have a somewhat flexible work schedule that will let you off at least two weekends a month. Uh, and um, an ID and um, a desire to win and a desire to be coached. And you should be good to go.
Now, what are the topics that you have debated debated in the past, um, and which side of the debate were you on? Uh, you mean which side have some of my students debated? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we try to... One good thing about it is that they try to keep up with current events as much as they possibly can. So, um, last fall, or this past fall semester, almost every debate we went to was about the election, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so we did a lot of Clinton versus Trump debates. Mm-hmm. Um, now that the election is over, the majority of my uh, debate topics are going to be about the policies of the Trump administration. Okay. Um, are they going to work? Are they not going to work? So um, it'll, it remains to be seen, you know, if we're going to be on the winning side of those of those debates. It just depends on how well the students argue. Um, the good thing is, is that it doesn't matter what political persuasion you come from. Um, that's not what judges are concerned about. Yes, I will tell people that the speech debate and acting community is usually a very liberal community, mm-hmm. um, very right. liberal. Right. Um, we are all about free speech and freedom of ideas. But I've had tons of students who are quite conservative who've joined the team <laughs> who have done very well. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what a judge is looking for, a judge doesn't care whether you're a Democrat or a um, um, a Republican or independent. They only care how well you argue. Um, and if you argue for a position that's conservative, but you argue for it very well, then you win. If you argue for a position that's very liberal and you do it very well, you win. So... You know, we don't really care about where you lean. We just care about the quality of your argumentation. Um, do you um, – was there a special moment about the speech and debate team that you remember the most? Wow. Uh, so many moments, actually. Um, I'll tell you one that just happened recently. Um, you know, I I was talking to – a former student of mine who um, sometimes comes by and volunteers his time to coach. And um, we were reflecting upon the 16 years that I've been here. And uh, he said to me, he said, you know, it's quite remarkable the amount of students that you've had come through your program. And I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. I have no idea what I've done in this life or former life to been so blessed with the, the kids that have walked through my door. But we were at the uh, district tournament a couple of weeks ago, and there was a student who just joined the team recently at the tail end of last semester. And this was one of her last opportunities to qualify for the national championship tournament. Um, And if she didn't place at this tournament, um, she would have been left off the nationals roster. And I wanted it so bad for her. Uh, And... You know, you do this for so long, sometimes people think you get desensitized to the emotional uh, value of seeing students succeed. But uh, when she did qualify, I was really kind of overcome with emotion, something that I hadn't experienced in quite a while. And I was kind of overtook by how proud I was of the work that she did in such a short amount of time. Uh, And that feeling was just it was just immeasurable. Uh, to me, uh, and I every time that I think about it now, even though it's been weeks later, I still smile um, about and I and I love those little moments, those moments where you see how hard the students working, and you know they go to their tournament and they see it come to fruition, uh, and 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 they they feel fulfilled as well, and you know you help them get there. Um, that's that's something that's that's really really awe inspiring. 
All right, we're going to take a short break on Nassau Community College Forum. Our special guest today is Professor Trent Webb, the head of the speech, acting, and debate team. We'll be right back after this short intermission. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure, if you want. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. What about a bike ride? No, I want to fish. Okay. I've never been fishing. Honey, we can do it all. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not. Is it going to be long? No, sweetie. I bet it takes forever. It's not that far. (sighs) Are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? No way. Come on, come on. It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Also, find fun activities to do like boating and biking or camping and hiking, plus much more. It's all right in your naturehood. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. WHBC. We now return to Nassau Community College Forum. Welcome back to Nassau Community College Forum. Our special guest today is Professor Trent Webb, the head of the speech, acting, and debate team. Now, Trent, I have a little surprise for you. We're going to debate. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to debate on three topics, and we're going to spend about five minutes on the topics. Okay. All right. And it's nothing serious, nothing presidential. Okay, cool. It's going to be very, because I want to see how your debate skills are, and I want to see how my debate skills are. Okay. So here is the first topic that we're going to debate on. Ketchup versus mustard on a hot dog. (laughs) Okay. I take ketchup, you take mustard. Great. Perfect. That's perfect. Here we go. You go first, Trent. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, first of all, um, uh, I, I, gosh, I have such an aversion to to ketchup. Oh, God. I don't like it at all, actually. Um, But I love mustard. Um, mustard has the exact quotient of bitter sweetness or bitterness that you need to enjoy uh, a, a hot dog. I guess that would be like my first argument that I would make, I guess. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I would say that I would say my only evidence is that is that whenever you go to a hot dog cart, especially in New York City, it's usually the first condiment that the, the hot dog guy suggests. So that usually means that that's probably the preferred condiment of choice. So that would be like my that would be like my only argument for mustard. <laughs> now it's my turn to debate on ketchup. Now, for all the listeners out there, I don't eat ketchup on a hot dog. I just use these topics, but I'm going to debate on it anyways. So ketchup is red and it's used on various different food items like let's take a hot dog for example but a lot of people usually have mustard on a hot dog more often than ketchup ketchup i guess would have some sort of an interesting taste to it you know like um bitterness i i i I, to be honest with you i have no idea what ketchup tastes like but let's face it ketchup is just Ketchup, you know, you it's a condiment that you put on top of a hot dog or, or a hamburger. You know, it's just, that's it. There's yeah. really nothing to talk about on that. Right. Well, you know, one thing you could say to, to, to defend your position is that I do think that ketchup retails a lot cheaper than mustard. Really? Yes. So so if if you're looking for a preferred condiment for hot dogs, like you're, you're cheaper, 
version, if you were doing a cost-benefit analysis, which is something we do in debate all the time, you could say, well, cost versus benefit, it's, it's ketchup is a lot cheaper. It's a mm-hmm. lot cheaper cost than mustard is. So that could be a feather in your cap, I yeah. guess. Bring on the coupons. <laughs> <laughs> Next topic. Now, we're, this is another food topic. Okay. Chicken fingers versus hamburgers for lunch. Now, I'm going to take chicken fingers because I love chicken fingers. And the program director here, Sean, knows very much about that because he always goes to Popeye's and (laughs) I always get the chicken tenders. So I'm going to start off first with the chicken fingers. Now, chicken fingers. Oh, my God. They're so good. They're just so tasty. The white meat. And it's just so good, you know. It's it's crispy, it's tasty. Now you gotta you gotta realize that every different restaurant makes chicken fingers a little bit differently. And you have to realize that, and you know, of course, that's how it works. You see, <laughs> they have to make the chicken. You know, they have to fry it up. You see, it takes different. It, it takes different ways to make chicken fingers. You see, so it's not easy. You got to be really skilled at it. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I would. I, okay. Well, <laughs> Trent, now it's your turn. I, I have to defend hamburgers. Well, uh, I would say there's something very American about hamburgers. It's, it's, it's very patriotic when you're eating one, you know, to be like a carnivore and to bite down into like that beef and have that, you know, the, 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 the grease, you know, come down your cheek. There's something very, very American about that. Um, and it's really, really hard to mess up a hamburger. So you have a better shot of getting a good hamburger at different places. Whereas with chicken fingers, like you said, people make them different ways and they're not always the greatest, Mm -hmm. right? You have to be really careful about where you get your chicken fingers from. So, uh, I would prefer the hamburgers because there's more places that know how to do those. (laughs) Last topic. Now, this is a topic that everyone debates about, and I don't know why. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, (laughs) okay. Uh, So, which one am I supposed to take? Well, Uh, you'll uh, take the egg, and I'll take the chicken. So, you go first, Trent. Okay. Wow. I have no idea uh, because I'm trying to remember everything that I learned in science about evolution. And um, so, <laughs> and debate has nothing to do with evolution, right? So uh, I'm trying to imagine that I guess that you know, you know, eggs signify birth, but there has to be something there that gives birth to those eggs. So it becomes like one of those things that uh, I don't know. I'm I'm I don't know. I'm I'm kind of stumped with that one. I don't know. <laughs> I have no now idea. For, now for the chicken, well. I don't even know what to say either. But the, the, the chicken, you know, it always comes first because the chicken always lays the egg. You know, you always get that. So the, the chicken always comes first, but the chicken comes from an egg. So it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of and the topic is never going to go away. Never. There's never going to be a specific answer for that topic. Mm. So now we're done debating <laughs> about that. We'll go back into some questions, but now we have our judge outside of the studio, our producer for MCC Forum, Jim Green, and who is also engineering. Jim, what do you think of the debate? Who do you think really won out of the debate, me or Trent? I would have to say uh, Zach Trent, and I'll tell you why. Because exactly what he says, he doesn't like ketchup, and he, it has sugar inside of it. And 
Actually, really, uh, we just had a program. I won't mention the name of the book, but ketchup <laughs> yeah. is ac- actually very bad for you because of the mm. high fructose. <laughs> Trent is not so, happy to hear that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm voting for Trent in this case because the fact is, is that um, he's he doesn't eat ketchup. But anyway, that's who I voted for. Trent is the winner. All right. That's fine. Congratulations, Trent. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Right. <laughs> Moving back to some questions. Um, do you think... Every college should have a debate team? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's imperative, especially now uh, in today's political climate. Uh, and just, you know, to to teach students the idea of standing up and making a point and advocating their position. Uh, I hate to bring this up, but in this era where we keep talking about alternative facts and fake news... Um, You know, there is a lot of propaganda out there. Uh, There is a lot of stuff out there where people are trying to convince students uh, of things that are simply not true. And what a debate team and even what a debate class does is help to decipher what's real and what's not real. Uh, And and I I I encourage all colleges and universities out there to have a, a, a speech debate and acting team out there because. That's 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 really what's going to help students really decipher the truth from from fiction. Now, let's say, for example, you, since you started for uh, you started, you resurrected the debate team mm-hmm. in the fall of two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you resurrect the debate team? Well, uh, when I came here, uh, uh, my department chair at the time told me that that was the primary reason that she had hired me. I asked her what her expectations were. And uh, she really didn't have any. Uh, so she basically gave me a blank slate. Um, so I just relied upon what I did at my previous institutions. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to run what we call a comprehensive team, which means that I didn't want to have a team that just focused on debate. So um, it was called the Debate Society when I got here. And then shortly I changed it and I said, listen, we're going to be a speech, debate and acting team. We're going to do the entire spectrum of speech and debate. Um, I want students to be involved in the speaking events. I want them to be involved in the acting events. And I also, of course, want them to be involved in the debate events as well. And when I opened it up to all those different types of events, that's when the team really started to grow because then I started getting different students who were interested in different aspects of the team. Let's get into some of the awards your team has won. What awards have you won in the past? Wow. Uh, I think some of the ones that I'm most proud of is uh, being named the top community college in the Northeast region 16 years in a row. Uh, we've been the top community college in the state uh, for the better part of six or seven years. Uh, we've had, I've had about 25 at last count, I think 25, I may be off by a couple uh, regional champions and district champions. Uh, and then I've had over 50 national qualifiers. Um, and then I've had a couple of students win a couple of medals at the national championship tournament. So it's, it's been, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. What events have the debate team gone in the past? What events? Yeah, most memorable. Oh, uh, wow. I would say probably the two most memorable uh, were, the, were the years where we got to attend the international championships. And uh, one year it was in Rome and another year it was in Paris. And through the very generous efforts of the SGA and the uh, uh, NCC Foundation, uh, they helped us uh, and through various fundraisers that the team had to do. 
Uh, they helped us finance trips to uh, uh, go to those international championships. It was an incredible, incredible educational experience for the students. Uh, and I, I, were, I, I will always remember those trips. Have you ever had to debate a side of an argument that you didn't personally agree with? All the time. All the time. Uh, and that's part of being a good debater. I always tell students the difference between being a good arguer and a good debater is this. A good arguer knows how to stand up for his or her position. A good debater knows how to stand up for his or her position, but also can see the other side of the issue as well. And that's what I'm trying to train you is to be a good debater, not just a good arguer. And last question, because we're running out of time. Um, You say you want to find the student's voice. How do you do that? Well, I tell students... When I make my plea for them to join the team every year, I say we're looking for kids that have something to say. And the students come to the team and they have something to say. They've got something on their mind. They want to advocate something. They want to argue for something. They want to explore something. And I say, all right, let's talk about how we can do that. Should we do it through a speech? Should we do it through one of the acting events? Should we do it in a debate round? What should we do? And we, I work closely with the student to craft what they should be doing. And once we practice and they put it up uh, and they and they get the event up and running uh, and they go to their first tournament and they see the audience reaction, they become even more impassioned and engaged about that topic and they become true advocates for the topic. And in that sense, I've sort of helped them find their voice. And last question, this really is the last okay. question. Um, how can we find out more about the speech and acting debate team? I say the best way is to email me. My email address is trent.web at ncc.edu. Or you can give me a call. My direct extension is 516-572-7170, extension 25417. Or just drop by H Building, room 212, and I'll be happy to talk to you about it. Alrighty, thanks, Trent. Unfortunately, we're out of time, and it's kind of sad, but we'll debate next time. <laughs> um, we thank you for listening to Nassau Community College. For my special guest today is Trent Webb, the head of the speech and acting and debate team. I'm Zach Turkel. We thank you for listening. You have been listening to Nassau Community College Forum. We'd like to get your feedback on today's program. Send your comments to whpc at ncc.edu. The executive producer for this series is Jim Green. Nassau Community College, where success starts and continues.